You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. And let's turn to our next topic and guest of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be talking about the animals of Hong Kong. And I'm really, really delighted to be joined by award-winning photographer, blogger and conservationist, Robert Ferguson, who is live in our studio this morning. And he'll be telling us a little bit more about his latest book, Wild Creatures of Hong Kong, a photographic guide to the most common animal species. Welcome on the program, Robert. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you. Great pleasure to be here. Yes, and um, also on Facebook Live, so our listeners can join us there. This way you'll be able to see and hear Robert there this afternoon. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. Now, I know you've brought along your book. I've also got your your bug book, which I'm hoping you can sign uh, later on. Um, But before we talk about your book, let's first of all talk about your transition uh, to become a wildlife photography because uh, a photographer because I know um, you're a photojournalist by trade um, award-winning your, your work has been published uh, in many uh, media uh, around the world how did you sort of transition uh, to photograph uh, bugs and birds well actually I was a um, media director I was a business director for different media groups so actually not related at all my first job was a photojournalist and I waited I maybe 35 years until I left full-time employment and then I had time I wandered into the jungles of Hong Kong and began to take pictures and then I began a journey which I like to think of look find discover learn love protect which is sort of a, a bigger issue I think but about the photography then it was all about how do I take a better picture and it just grew from there it really was hands-on there was a fantastic Hong Kong photographer called Tin Man Lee he's, at, he's in California now but he's just fantastic and he sort of mentored me through some of the early stages and things but yeah it was a a big a big shift and I was very lucky to have the time and uh, the inclination I suppose just to wander into the jungles and start taking pictures. What sorts of qualities do you sort of have to have when you're taking uh, wildlife photography? Well I think a lot of people would think patience but that's maybe not true. <laughs> I'm not a very patient person. I, you know, I, I set up photos like one photo may take me nine weeks to achieve. That's not patience, that's just planning it. You know whatever kind of hobby you have I think you have to put a certain amount into it. But I think um, I think one of the key things is the the desire to improve. So I was looking at other award-winning photographers saying, how on earth did they do that? And I think when you begin that journey, when you enter a competition, you go, why did they win instead of me? And you begin that learning, then you it's a desire to get better, I think, which is the fundamental part of being a better photographer. What did you sort of learn along the way? You mentioned patience may not necessarily be the thing. <laughs> planning. What planning, else did you I learn? mean, I think there are two main things I would say say one is definitely field craft it's knowing when the animals are going to come out it's talking to experts going on tours learning about the seasons where to locations where to find these animals and in particular the food plant or the food that they eat because if you find the food then you can find the animal and then the other key thing I think is um, working with light now every photographer knows you work with light but how with a wild animal, do you create a more studio? Because I love that kind of lighting effect, and that is about flash diffusion. What's and that? So basically, when, when you have a flash, it allows you to take pictures at a higher shutter speed, otherwise things get a bit blurry. But when you flash, you get a harsh shadow, 
like a noonday sun. But if there's cloud or it's overcast, you get this lovely fulfilling light which which wraps your subject and so it's working around that which i found very challenging and uh, and interesting to do and i think those two things field craft and working with flash diffusion allowed me then to perhaps become a much better photographer how much do you sort of carry to the jungle or to the forest when you're taking um, photos? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, I actually have a bit of a bad back um, from an accident before, but I typically, if I'm going off for a full day, I'll have about 20 kilos. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, you've got a, a tripod, you've got the big 400 or the 800 millimeter lenses, you've got batteries and everything. So typically, you if you've got that amount of equipment, you go somewhere and you don't move around very much. And then you've got maybe for maybe a night hike, you've got a couple of flashes and you've got maybe five kilos of equipment, which you can put around your neck. So it does vary. But yeah, it can be the, the more you take, the better pictures you get. It's as simple as that. It's a real skill and you really improve on it, like any skills, that yeah. you know, the more you work on it. Well, let's talk about your latest book, which is about uh, the animals of Hong Kong. Sure. Tell I us more about it. it. To, uh, yes, hold it up, camera. please. I love this cover. This was uh, inspired by actually uh, Claire of the Lion Rock Press, who did a uh, an amazing mandala of bugs. And I thought, I wanted a mandala of animals. I love it. And the uh, designer, Nicole Kitt, has been absolutely brilliant in putting this book together. Um, so this is the book that I wanted when I arrived in Hong Kong in 1991, I think, and it, it really is 375 of the most common species that you'd find out on your walk. So, you know, typically, what's that bird with a long tail? What's, the, what's that lizard with the blue tail? Uh, what's that type of snake? What's the frog? Um, so I have an extensive library of all the books, but I think most people just want one, one guide. book. Yes. So this is... Uh, the book really to uh, to end them all it sounds a bit big but and i'm really pleased um uh, to 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 announce that the Zeishan foundation are giving us sponsorship to get this translated by an ecology professor into traditional chinese and they're also sponsoring a copy for almost every school of hong kong so that is absolutely fantastic news yeah. so I'm, I'm really pleased with that but yeah this is on on sale it'll be in bookshops later this month i've sent copies out to my um people have pre-bought it and uh, yeah feedback so far has been very good i mean there's all these photos and all this information i kind of taught myself over the last three to four years so you can do it if you just wander out and have the time and a bit of patience to learn a bit more but were, were there any animals that you uh, that you couldn't capture i mean how did that concept come do you go about um shooting the pictures first or did you have a, a pre-idea of which animals to include well i think it was it was a combination of looking at what photos i had <laughs> so i've got 620 photos in here wow. and about 30 of them are from other people of animals that I couldn't get. So um, uh, Artur Tomacek is, is an amazing photographer. He's got a couple in here. Andrew Hardacre, um, a couple of uh, uh, Paul Dixon, a few other people have put some amazing work and they've managed to capture images, which I wish I had. Um, but otherwise, it was a question, you know, these are the most common. There are perhaps more intriguing, more fascinating, but you would never see them type of animal. Um, but these are the ones you are most likely to find. So it was kind of 
what you need to know and and then adding on a few others from from interesting perspective yeah do you uh sort of have a whatsapp group with the other photographers and sort of go go about whatsapping each other and say oh i've got this animal as well not photographers okay. not uh, animal people yes so there's a bird app, uh, a bird whatsapp and a reptile so there's different whatsapp for different because most people are sensible well just either be a photographer of birds or they'll just like birds or they'll do reptiles or they'll do frogs or ants or whatever it is. Very niche. <laughs> so they become really deep in their subject. And I went a very different way. I went very shallow. <laughs> broad. <laughs> broad, OK, yeah, broad. Good. I like that better. OK, broad. So I'm like a, a mile wide and an inch deep. And these other people, like I don't know, Mothman, Ant-Man, Jumping Spider-Woman, Beetle Nerd, whoever they are, <laughs> They are a mile deep and, and, and an inch wide. But their, their knowledge of their subject. And really, I, I have huge credit to them. And I mentioned them a lot in the bug book, particularly, where I needed more help um, to, to really dive into that, because those are the real specialists in their field. And so a huge amount of learning came from, yeah, internet and other books, but actually people working in their fields in Hong Kong, uh, because creatures in Hong Kong are so undiscovered, are, are unstudied. It's for not a, we probably only know half of the most obvious animals that we have here in Hong Kong. We know the birds, we know the reptiles, we know the dragonflies and the butterflies, but outside of that, we, we really have no idea. We're yeah. talking about 30,000 other species we have not been discovered yet. Tell us some of the more unusual species that you've come across. Um, well, one actually, the one perhaps I, I, in a way I love the most, but I've never actually seen, but I've got a good photo of because I use camera traps, is this small Indian civet. So that, that's a, a very weird looking sort of mongoose with a, with a sort of fox body. It's, it's a weird looking creature. Um, and they very, only come out at night time. Only come out at um, Actually, I saw a photo the other day of them in, in the daytime. I, I was very surprised. Um, and I've never seen one despite having been out a lot. And um, so, yeah, that's definitely one of, one of my favourite. Um, otherwise, I think actually some of the more common ones are really intriguing. Once you dive into what they are, like the lantern bug, everyone knows the long and um, actually that's a pest. If you see one in Taiwan, you get onto the, uh, the long and the, the lychee bug hotline and it's reported and they come and exterminate them because they're, they're, oh, they're so really? protective of their, oh. of their agriculture. Um, and yeah, they're, they're a, a true bug, which means they have a rostrum, they're, they're a, a fruit, a, a sucking insect. And it was completely misnamed because it's called a, a lantern bug because it was described in the 1600s by the naturalist who was told by the tribe that it had glowed at night. And they didn't actually follow up. And so it was named, it, its Latin name too, Candelaria means, uh, Candelabra basically, uh, uh, lantern. And uh, it's not true. It doesn't glow at night. So there's a lot of interesting stories, which I tried to put in the bug book. Um, perhaps this is more of an ID uh, book and the bug book is more of a fascinating fact book. So it's a little bit different. But yeah, lots and lots of interesting stories about quite, common animals. Yeah, you're right. Um, what sorts of areas in Hong Kong are, are sort of animals more commonly found? I suppose all over Hong Kong, but if you were to wander uh, into the forest, uh, which area of Hong Kong would you... Well, 
what I find interesting is, you know, in Saikung, where I was living most recently, I could walk out my door and if I use an app called iNaturalist and look what's been found, there's about four to five thousand species that have been found on my doorstep there. Now, you do have coast, you have grassland, you have hills, you have a lot of diverse areas there. But you could walk out of central and uh, and western and over 2,300 species have been found in that area. Now, bearing in mind a lot of that are bugs. So a lot of people, oh, you know, bugs don't count kind of thing. But, <laughs> but actually, you know, when you go up to Bowen Road, mid-levels is full of porcupines and, uh, and, um, and uh, palm-faced civets. Wow. So it's, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of wildlife. My particular favourites, never disappoints, is typo cow. Uh, there's just such a diversity there. And you've got the, the big slopes, you've got streams, you've got forests, with birds, just fantastic. And Daimo Shan, uh, I absolutely love a uh, wonderful place to be. Yeah. And on the island, maybe maybe Pokfalam around Lung Fu Shan, around that That's area. Cool. Very, very nice. Yeah, we, we like hiking around there as well. I live in Kennedy Town, so it's okay. right, uh, right at our door, doorstep. But actually, sorry, just uh, one other note. I would say, even if you don't go out there, the, the city parks are full of life. Kowloon Park, Hong Kong Park, um, you know, there's loads of kingfishers over in Chai Wan. It, it's amazing when you, and they're so easy to find because if you go to the jungle, the animals are all scared of you. So exactly. a lot of my photos have been taken in parks because, you know, the kingfishers will perch just above you. Whereas if you go further out to the forest, they're obviously going to be scared of you. So it's a great place to, uh, to go and work on photography and to go and look for animals in the in, uh, urban parks, I think they're called. Well, speaking of um, um, attitudes towards these animals and bugs, what's your sort of understanding of Hong Kong people's attitudes towards bugs? Um, because, um, I mean, personally, I find them fascinating. And I think if you look at a photo of a bug, they're, they're, quite, they're quite handsome. I mean, if you look at a mic uh, macro picture of, of, of them, um, they, they look really quite nice. But people are generally quite afraid of bugs here in Hong Kong. Yeah, I mean, it's like snakes and spiders. I think, I think 56% of all people in the UK are scared of spiders. It's Seriously? a very high proportion, wow. very, very high. Um, so bugs have a bit of a bad rap. And, and certainly I think the older generation here, I mean, I was in uh, with Greenpeace in uh, Lions Nature Education Centre and this boy was fascinated by this bug and his grandmother was shouting at him uh, a caterpillar, danger, danger, don't touch her. And she was right in a way because it, it was a bit it spiky, was a right? One. Okay. But I showed by picking it up on a leaf that you can still look at it and, and the macro world when uh, my dream is to actually do an exhibition where I can get a sponsor to put four metres by three metre picture of a butterfly. And then you can see individual scales and knobs on the antennae and it, it, the beauty of these animals, which you can't really appreciate with the naked eye. I mean, some of them are extraordinary anyway, like the, uh, the peacock butterfly and stuff. But when you see the detail, it, it's, quite, it's quite phenomenal. And I think that's a great way to begin that journey of look, find, discover, learn, love, protect is, is to engage with, with photos. That's kind of a first step. Yeah. Do we do enough of that here in Hong Kong with such a sort of busy, fast-paced life here in the city? Well, I do think Hong Kong, I mean, Hong Kong people, I look back at 2003 during SARS and a lot of people went hiking and a lot of attitudes changed during that time. And now I'm in the hills, there's so many more people, there's people, and the hiking then leads 
to animal appreciation. Not immediately. I used to hike a lot, and you know, there's a bug, so what, and just walk past. And walk past. Being there, you know, uh, I've started that journey myself, but it is a journey, and you know, we have to be appreciative of where those people are on that journey. And I do think Hong Kong people—they're very well educated. They they love exploring things. Um, I see quite a difference to attitudes on the mainland where I've worked before too, and uh, it's very much um, bend nature to man's will. And I see that maybe from the property developers, here. Um, but the general population have a, have a real appreciation of their natural environment here because it is so beautiful. Yeah. Finally, Robert, are there any sort of um, animals which you particularly like to capture uh, with your lens? Uh, I always I, I capture with my lens. I don't know snakes. I think they're just so. I like going out looking for them most at night. I think yeah. going at out at night. Oh yeah, because most snakes are nocturnal. Yeah, and of course, yes. you know, if you're out there after nine p.m. and you don't have to go much later, but you can take your kids out from seven to about ten p.m. for a night hike with a couple of torches, and the array of animals then is just incredible. It, it's maybe two or three times what you would find during the day. And so, yeah, I think any animal that I find at night, because you, you're using this diffused flash technique and, and really looking at them closely and slowing down, you're not walking fast at night, so it, it slows it all down. Yeah, I think, I think maybe snakes. Snakes. Have you had any um, sort of dangerous experiences with any of the, the wild creatures? Well, when I, when I photograph venomous snakes, there are always other people with me who, yeah. who are very experienced in handling them. And I would say, do not approach, touch or whatever. If you don't know your snakes, you know, go with a tour, go with William Sargent or someone on a tour and, and learn more about them. Don't don't do it on your own. Um, I don't do it on my own and, and I'm relatively experienced. Um, but uh, yeah, so I am, I'm quite careful. I'm very appreciative that these are, would, can be deadly yeah. animals. And, you know, we, we should recognize that when, when we're out and about. Absolutely. And um, now that you've moved away from Hong Kong, are you able to also capture wildlife around the world? Yeah, I, I, I went to Galapagos at the end of last year. so That's, that's so cool. <laughs> but I, because I did a lot of it underwater. We yeah. were diving with my daughter, who's a dive instructor. And so there were hammerhead sharks, but I didn't have a camera with me. So I, I kind of changed my attitude a bit. And I find now, unless I can take a, what I would call a, a really amazing photo, I don't bother. Yeah. Uh, so to be there underwater appreciating and not having to worry about my f-stop or the lighting or whatever was, was quite a unique thing for me and I, ah it's yeah. quite nice just to sit here and, and, and appreciate these animals did you see the galapagos lizards and how they sort of you know shoot uh, salt out of their nostrils yes yeah we and we were we were diving with them because they dive down to about yeah. 10 20 meters quite deep and and so they're down there chewing away on the algae um, next to you and, and it's really cold in there and then they shoot back up and yeah, it's fantastic. So, yeah, I take photos of them but I don't have a platform really to share them other than friends whereas the Hong Kong animals I, I have a much wider reach so my, my first love is still taking pictures of animals in Hong Kong. Yeah and I know you also have a blog dedicated to that. Remind our listeners once again how can we find out more about your latest book and how can we find out more about your work Robert? Uh, wildcreatureshongkong.org quite simply. There's, uh, you can buy the books there although actually most of them are sold out because um, they are limited print runs. Uh, yeah 
just buycreaturesongkong.org. Excellent. Robert, such a pleasure to meet you and to chat with you. Thank you so much for, for your sharing and the best of luck for, for your talk, which I know uh, is sold out. Uh, but if people want to know more about it, you can also uh, go to uh, wildcreatureshongkong.org, which is Robert's uh, website, and also uh, Benita's uh, Encompass uh, Social Enterprise, which uh, you can find them on Facebook, which is Encompass Hong Kong Asia. Thank you so much, Robert, for your time this uh, morning. Thank